Today on Seeking Stories, we discuss why and how you should have a rating system for stories. Welcome to this week's episode of the Seeking Stories podcast. Today, Kristen and I are talking about something that we used to find somewhat, I think, befuddling, but we've really come to embrace over the last, uh, I guess, maybe year or so, and that is movie ratings or rating systems. This isn't to be confused with, you know, is the movie rated G or PG-13 or anything like that. This is, you know, two thumbs up. Or, you know, four to five stars or things like that. The quality ratings. Right, exactly. Not the content ratings. The quality ratings. Yeah. And we used to think this was kind of ridiculous because, I mean, honestly, how are you supposed to sum up everything that you care about, you know, a movie or a book or anything like that, any story, into what I call a quantitative appraisal or, you know, a numbered system? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if you're going to do, you know, four stars, why not do, like, moons? Or suns, or <laughs> galaxies, or you know. Yeah, how did they decide on stars? Because well, everyone does stars, right? But well, if it's, why you know, did they decide on stars? If it's you know, four half moons, is that like two moons? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, um, the, the reason why I originally <laughs> thought of this is because I'm a big fan. Kristen is too of lists. And, yes. Uh, oh, yes. Making lists of the things that we want to read or want to watch or have read. And or probably have never watched. will. <laughs> yeah. Or the things that are, yeah. Unfortunately. Half finished. Um, so, yeah. So, we're, we're big fans of Goodreads for books. Um, Goodreads is an amazing, you know, it's a little website, but it's a big website uh, where you can uh, track all the, the books that you read, want to read, and are currently reading. Uh, it's also dangerous because then you realize, oh, goodness gracious, I have 600 books in my to-read list. And, <laughs> and I'll never get to all of them. I live another 50 years, that's what, like 50 books a year or something? Yeah. Uh, maybe the math's wrong on that. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Um, but but that has, you know, a rating system. And it's, Goodreads is, is pretty nifty because you can see what your, you know, your friends are reading. So, you know, I've got some friends that I kind of stalk on Goodreads that I trust their reading opinion and then... If they give it a four or five stars, it's going on my reading list just because I trust their opinion on it. It's 120 books a year, by the way. It's 120 books a year. I think, <laughs> Sorry, your, math I was... <laughs> is, I think your math is wrong. No, I think it's 120. I don't know. I did the math once. Because 50 times 50 is 250. No, never mind. Oh, never mind. I don't know. We can do the math I think it's later. 12 books a year. Well, here, I'll give, Anyways. You, I'll, I'll give you a pen and paper. 12. I had a zero. I was an extra zero. My zeros were off. I'll, I'll give you a pen and paper, and then you can figure it out while we do, do the episode. It's 12. It's 12. Yeah. 12 books a year? Yes. No, that's two. Five times 12 is 60. Here, here's a, here's a pen and paper, and while I talk about the next bit, you okay. can do it. So 600 bucks, and what are we waiting for? Another 50 years, Lord willing? Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, so Goodreads for um, for books, and, and it really is cool because it's, it's the Goodreads community is, and I hate using the word nice, but it's a nice community. There isn't, you know, ranting and raving about things that don't make sense, um, unless that's the book that doesn't make sense. Um, but it's, you know, talking about, you know, why, you know, why do we like certain books? Why do we not like certain books? And, you know, authors get on Goodreads and have Goodreads profiles, and you can hear um, just their, uh, you know, their, with, with their reading, um, Q&A, things like that. You know, not all authors get involved. And, you know, of course, some authors aren't alive anymore to, to do that. But it's it's a cool author communication, um, you know, with their, with their readers bit. Uh, and, you know, but they have a you know, traditional five-star rating. And, um, you know, you just have to choose one out of five. And that's kind of hard to, you know, take all the books that you, you know, have read. And, you know, it's, it's one of five options there. What do I pick? Yeah, because you end up with a lot of in-between. Right. Yeah. So, which is why I like a Letterboxd. Uh, Letterboxd, and I think it has a D at the end of it, mm-hmm. right? Letter Letterboxd with a D. Mm-hmm. And not as many people, um, at least people we know, use that, although it does have a pretty strong um, following. Uh, but Letterboxd uh, does give you half stars. You basically can do 
um, you know, one in ten. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's this movie in one of ten parts? You know, which one is it? Out of five stars or ten? I forget. It's it's five stars, but you can do half, half stars. So okay. you can give something half a star. So you know, yeah. for movies, mm-hmm. you can do that as, as well. So yeah. it's not you know not as personal as a community as yeah. you know Goodreads. I don't I actually don't use it as much as I used to. Um, Same. Just because it's Goodreads has a really good app and Letterboxd Last time I checked, didn't. But that's been like six months. Maybe they do have a yeah. good app. I don't know. So what did you come up with, Kristen? It's 12. It's 12. It's 12. I just had, I, my zeros were off the first time. So it's only 12 books a year? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You could do it. <laughs> oh, I know what I was doing originally. I was trying to do 600 books in 10 years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that. that's like 60 books in a year. <laughs> well, I've done, I've done 20 books on my to-read list this year <laughs> out, of, out of my 30. Yeah, that's the other cool thing about Goodreads is yeah. that you can set like goals for how many books you want to read. <laughs> And I used to set it at 20 books a year, and the last few years have been crazy, and I never met it. This year I set it at 30, and I've gotten the 20, and it's October, so I could do 10 more books in a year, maybe, maybe Maybe. not. There's some people on, you know, friends that I'm with on Goodreads who set their goals like 30 and surpassed it in like March, so. They have no time. They have no responsibilities. Either that or they are really good at their time. (laughs) Or just don't sleep, or speed readers, uh, or a lot knows. of audiobooks. Yeah. Um, so, in, in speaking of audiobooks, uh, today, um, my good friend David, who is uh, part of the, the Seeking Stories community, uh, he uh, guest posts for, for me quite a bit. Um, he wrote an article about audiobooks and why you should consider uh, listening to audiobooks. So, it's uh, posted in October 2018. So, if this is a few years in the future, go back to October 2018 archives and read the post by David on why you should read audio or I guess listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all that to say, you know, we've just we digress spent about seven minutes giving some, some preface to why one should uh, use a rating system. Um, but but not just for good reads and letterbox. You know, there has to be a better reason for that. So um, did you have any other thoughts, Chris, on why on why? Why one should Well okay. If you don't have one, it's not the end. I don't think it's like something that, you know, everyone needs to have. But I will say if you're someone who is a um, huge fan of movies and or books, Mm -hmm. um, that it's helpful. It's going to be very hard for you to be able to just to kind of... I guess almost fellowship with other lovers of books and movies in a meaningful way about them. If you don't have your own way of, of, you know, I guess, yeah, well rating them, but like, you know, I I think it's, you know, it helps you think through and process your thoughts on, on movies. It isn't so much about the, I gave this movie five out of 10 stars. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like having a meaningful discussion about not just saying, well, I liked it or I didn't like it, but how, where on the scale is this movie for you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be able to talk about that with other people, yeah. you know. So, okay, is your life going to be miserable without it? No. <laughs> but, you know, if you're like us, it's something that you, that would, it's extremely helpful. Right. Maybe you shouldn't so. be like us because we're kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's crazy. But that's true. Um, but, um, so once you, uh, I'll say this, this, this was uh, my thought, you know, once you figure out the rating, you can basically use that analysis to start determining um, what that you know story, that book or movie or whatever it is, can teach you about storytelling. Use that as a foundation um, to get your own thoughts started. It so. can also help you decide whether you should buy the movie and own That's it. That's true. That's you know, true. do you want to waste your money on this movie? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if it's this many stars or lower, no. Well, I'm looking <laughs> at know? the list. Or if that... you ever want to watch it again, right. you know, that'll help. That'll help you decide how to spend your time and money in the future. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking at the list that we're about to go through because we have, you know, 10 examples for yeah. the, the 10, uh, you know, point system. And, yeah. Um, I think I purposely bought a four star movie, which we'll get into why, I guess. Yeah. And there's another one of my. Um, <laughs> There's a two star one out of that 10, I actually, to be yeah, clear, two, to two be out of qual- ten, yeah. yeah. So a four one that I purposely bought mm-hmm. <laughs> after seeing it, and a two that I haven't bought but I kind of want to. Which and we'll you'll get, get into, into it that, in a yeah. second. Yeah, there's always exceptions, but yeah. yeah. Again, you know, just just because it's on the lower end of the spectrum doesn't mean it's, we but, didn't enjoy it. it yeah, just, we're we're ranking more on you know 
of overall quality. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get to, to why. Yeah. You know, it, does, yeah. it doesn't just go into... But it can help you decide how you spend your time and money. Exactly. Exactly. On so, that movie in the future. So we did go with, you know, a 10 star, 10 point, you know, 10 comment. I think it'd either be 10 stars or five stars with halves. And that's exactly why we did it. Because it makes it usable for, for Letterboxd and to an extent Goodreads. Yeah. Goodreads well, and IMDb doing, does 10 right, out of 10 yeah. stars. Goodreads, so. you just have to do 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. You know, you, yeah. you know, couldn't do the rest. Yeah. But Letterboxd, you can do 1 through 10. IMDb, you can do 1 through 10. I don't know what Rotten Tomatoes does. They do percentage. That's true. Yeah. So forget it for that. <laughs> but they base it on critic reviews, which are usually out of stars. True, so. <laughs> true. So if you're using any other rating system, you're kind of out of luck, but yeah. maybe you can use this as a foundation to develop your I mean, you could translate your stars into percentages. <laughs> you know, true. Seven out of ten is 70%. But I'm not a math person. You are. <laughs> Some people are. Well, I'm not. I obviously couldn't <laughs> math right now. <laughs> well, I didn't either at first. <laughs> yeah, but you did. Anyway, so. <clears throat> the system. So with star number one, I call this the... Or half star. Yes. So I'm just going to go through one through ten, so... Okay. Um, one star equals atrocious and could not finish it. Have you ever had a movie like that? I'm trying to think. I, I'm, I think I maybe have. Well, <laughs> I can't think of an actual, of, of a movie, although I'm sure that I'm sure there has been one, but it does remind me of a version of the Nutcracker Ballet that I started watching mm. on Netflix that was so strange an adaptation that I was just like, eh. Right. So, not quite the same thing, but I'm well, sure it's happened for yeah. me with a movie. Well, I have two. And the first one, it doesn't count because now I would give it a higher rating, I think. Um, I, so, I started watching, um, I think when I was a, a freshman in college, um, AI, Artificial Intelligence. Oh. It was the Stanley oh, yeah, you Kubrick movie that, that Spielberg directed. And I just thought it was awful and couldn't finish it. And again, that was a long time ago. If I watch it now, I probably would finish it and I'd probably rank it, you know, higher. Because it does have cinematic... Qualities. Why do you think you would have? What what's changed? Do you think since then that would make you be willing to enjoy it more? Because it fits more the criteria for number three, which I don't want to spoil uh, okay. quite okay. quite yet. Which we'll we'll circle back around okay. uh, to that because it does have some redeeming qualities yeah. to it. Is to the time like just forget it. This is yeah okay. Gotcha. You know, and again, I, I haven't he, he tried watching it since, so it probably is better than yeah. you know, remember it because I mean it's Spielberg, you know, yeah. and it's hard you're hard pressed hard hard pressed to find mm-hmm. a Spielberg movie yeah. that you know, doesn't at least have some you know excellence yeah. to it. You know, most I think every Spielberg movie I've seen does have some excellence to it, if not being completely phenomenal. Right. So the movie I chose is a Netflix original called Ark A R Q, and I. <laughs> Basically, so this is what I originally I don't even wrote. remember what its premise was because I didn't watch it's, it with it's you. It's kind of like a Groundhog Day type of thing in the future sci-fi. There's like this underground resistance, I think, and they're fighting something. Um, and basically, <laughs> my thought is maybe the film wraps up with a decent ending. Maybe not. But after 45 minutes of not caring about the characters, I really don't mind never knowing. <laughs> and, and this is why I just didn't finish it um, because... Again, interesting premise for sure, but you just never... 45 minutes and I didn't care about the main characters at all. You know, they were... It was a guy and a girl, and they were trapped and locked into, like, a very sterile room, trying to escape from people who, I guess, had them hostage. And I think... And again, this... If I would have done my due diligence, I would have gone back and watched the 45 minutes again so I could, you know, talk more adequately about this. Because this was a while ago. This was probably eight months ago, and I just didn't want to do it, you know? (laughs) So the quality of this podcast is definitely suffering because I didn't want to go back and suffer for another 45 minutes. (laughs) I should have. Um, Because, of course, I couldn't finish it because then I couldn't give it a number one. Yeah. So. Right. um, At the time, I just, you know, couldn't couldn't do it. Um, But... So, and I, I think that, you know, I think when they, when he died, the, the situation would regenerate itself and, you know, they would have another chance to try to escape. Like but Edge of Tomorrow? Th- yeah, kind of Edge of Tomorrow-ish, huh. but the scenarios just weren't interesting, you know. There was yeah. never, you know, any, you know, I mean, there was conflict there in the fact they were trying to escape and, you know, there was, you know, the mystery of, you know, what was going on, but it was just so repetitive over and over again. And then the, um, you know, the main character is just, you know, you knew they had some sort of backstory, you know, but they were kind of, you know, their yeah. relationship to each other just wasn't interesting enough. And after 45 minutes, I'm like, yeah, you know, for an hour and a half movie, and I think it was only a 90-minute movie, it was just... 
Yeah. Like, I just, I don't want to know what happens at this yeah. point anymore, which is, is rare for me in a story. It's kind of like, I can do some better, something better with my time right. <laughs> and watch the rest of this movie. And again, maybe the film wraps up with a good ending. You know, I hope it does, but I just didn't care about finding yeah. out, which is, again, is, is rare for me. I, you know, at least when I start something, I want to finish it. Even mm-hmm. if it's a book that I don't like, I, I try to finish it. Yeah. Um, just, just because, you know, you know, at least you feel like it, you know, you, I'm not wasting my time maybe if I finish it, but this yeah. time. I will say, I know that's happened to me with books. Can't, mm-hmm. Again, can't remember it's like specific ones, but I know. Right. I know well, that. And I feel like it's some, somewhat easier to put a book down because a book is a much more of a time commitment. So if it's really not good, you know, a third of the way through, it's like, you know, it'll take me a lot longer to finish yeah. it. <laughs> it would have only taken me 45 more minutes, maybe an hour to finish this yeah. movie. And I just, you know, there were. Yeah. Better things to do yeah. in good life. In I general. mean, forty-five minutes is forty-five minutes. So again, one star means atrocious and could not finish it. Number two is atrocious and regrettably finished it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your thoughts, Kristen? Any? <laughs> um, yes, actually. What do you got? Um, there was a movie that I saw my junior year. I think it was called Till There Was You. Never heard of it. Good reason, because it's not good. <laughs> um, it was... Why, it, why was it atrocious, and why did you regrettably finish it? Be, well, first of all, okay, it was atrocious because the, the premise was, it was this, it was all about this guy and this girl who essentially spent their entire lives barely missing each other, like from, and it starts in like elementary school. You have told me about this. Yes. I forgot about it. They, it's like their because whole it lives. Because atrocious. <laughs> they spend their whole lives barely missing each other. So you spend the whole movie watching near misses of this couple, of this, the, this guy and this girl that clearly implied by the premise and the setup that are supposed to end up together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so it's just this like constant like, like, but he was right there and he was right there. And then, and, but it's, but even it's, I think it's so, It ha- but it's like, you can only take so much of that. Right, right. And they spent literally like a whole movie on it. Plus individual care. I mean, again, this was years, this was now what, 10, 13 years ago. So I don't remember a whole lot, <laughs> but the, you know, the main characters weren't like, it wasn't like. Oh my gosh, acting was incredible. It was decent. It was, you know, it was okay. And, but the actual characters weren't even like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not that they didn't care, but it was kind of like, it wasn't, they weren't engaging enough for you to, for you to, like at least for me, more. to get past the constant near miss. It was like, it got to the point where it was like, come on already. Like, just annoying and frustrating and then and then when it finally got to the point where they did meet it was like the end of the movie so that's atrocious and regrettably finished it because it literally felt like i spent three hours watching that movie yeah that's how like like that's it it just i was like i kept looking at the clock like is this movie still going? This movie, I really, I don't know how long it actually was, but well, it felt like it took three hours. And I'm sure for a movie like that, where you know the whole premise is people nearly missing, or you know, I guess yes, missing each other, nearly meeting, you want to get to the end to find out if they ever do. Yeah, and how why, and why when. you regrettably finished it. Yeah, yeah, it was just, yeah. So my number, uh, you know, number two. This sounds kind of weird. Mm-hmm. My second one is Dragon Wars. It came out in uh, 2007, and I saw it in a second-run theater with a bunch of friends. And the reason why, you know, so I said I had a movie that I, it's, you know, it's just a number two that I do want to get some days because it's so hilariously bad that, <laughs> yes, I regrettably finished it. Yes, it's atrocious, but I happened to be with the right group of people, and we just kind of that made, made fun of it funny. for days that I yeah. want to... <laughs> Even though this group of friends lives all around, literally all around the world now, I'd love to get them all back together just so we can almost do our own roof tracks on It's it. like The Room, you know, the, that right. cult movie. It's so bad, but if you learn to appreciate its badness with humor, then right. it's kind of almost fun. Exactly. Yeah. So, and the reason why it's, it's so awful, it's, you know, <laughs> you know opening title sequence, Dragon Wars. And then it does this, like, weird Transformer, like, word arranging to come up with D-Wars. How original. It's, okay, so you just <laughs> gave yourself a subtitle based on the main title, and it doesn't even make, I mean, it makes sense, but 
trying to be yes. cool, I guess. Yeah. And just things like, you know, you've got... Look what we can do with After Effects. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you, the, the plot is, you know, these dragons and weird lizard-like armies are attacking Earth, pretty much. Sounds And, you know, you've got scenes like, I guess, in the Oval Office, and, you know, they make decisions there, and then, you know, the chief of staff walks out with a shotgun to, like, go fight these things, and, okay. you know, at the end of the movie, they've got... And, you know, this dragon that comes in and he's like, doesn't have wings and he has antlers. He's kind of like shimmering and slithering around, <laughs> floating. And <laughs> it's just, it's, wow. it's a mess. You know, I have a, I have a good friend um, from the time who could give a way better analysis than I can. So maybe, <laughs> maybe if enough people want it, we'll go back and do an episode on, on this someday. Just so yeah, just so we can talk about the absurdity of it. Hmm. Um, so again, in any other context, I would say atrocious and absolutely regrettably finished it. But I just happened to be with the right group of people that we could just make fun of it and have have fun. And we talked about this movie for months afterwards. Yes. Uh, but haven't seen it since. So number three, uh, three stars, is terrible, but contains a few quality artistic moments slash elements. A few moments. Right, right. Okay. right. Moments or elements or, you know, it's it's not a complete piece of junk. Even Like basically saying, like... like would would saying something like the visuals were amazing count as sure maybe maybe like yeah. some something that, that was actually you know done done well in a way like the art yeah like the visual look art direction visual effects like yeah if that element of the movie was impressive in, in my maybe. own mind i would relate you know quality elements more towards the storytelling because uh, that's yeah, where yeah. I, I lean yeah but, but yes absolutely you know you know, if the you sound could... design was completely amazing or, you know, visual well, effects or something like that. I feel like sound would be not as... Right, but for some people it would. Obvious, you know? but yeah, no, um, that's true. You know, cinematography might be one that's a little bit further, further up there. You know, definitely not saying that, you know, any one of those is better than the others, even though I kind of just said cinematography yeah. is, but that's, you know, not necessarily the case. Right. Like, if a movie right. looks gorgeous, if the sound quality isn't good, you know, it's the movie can, can collapse. Yeah. Um, if everything but the story is great, right. <laughs> could it be three stars? So the movie that we've both seen is uh, the Coen Brothers' Burn After Reading. Oh, yeah. And we watched that. We were so looking forward to watching it. Yeah. I think, I don't remember if we had seen, like, trailers for it or anything, but I know when, you know, we saw it on Netflix and it was, yeah, the Coen Brothers, first of all, and it had George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and, um... Oh, a whole um, bunch of other people. Uh, the John, guy, John Malkovich. Yeah, and that guy. Francis McDormand. And just this kind of like full cast kind of, of an all star ish cast. Yeah. In Coen Brothers, I mean, it's, you know, A Brother Art Thou and yeah. True Grit and, yeah. you know, a whole bunch of other good movies. And, you know, it's. <laughs> I don't want to give away the ending in case, you know, or I guess the middle of the movie in case anyone, you know, wants to see it down the road. Oh. Um, but there's really only one likable character in it and i'll just say that you know he isn't in the whole movie which is a shame his character arc his character arc comes to a very disappointing end right and you can infer what you want from that um but the reason why i say he does have you know a few quality artistic moments slash elements is because again the Coen brothers know what they're doing and there's this even a scene at the, at the the very last scene of the movie where basically there's these two people sitting across from each other and they're like, like fbi or cia yeah, they're like, in an office well that was pointless like yep it was pretty much pointless don't doesn't one of them say like what all, what all just happened and I'm one of them's like i have no idea and, almost, and you kind of feel the same like what just happened in the movie i don't know right right <laughs> so strange and uh, <laughs> oh goodness and it, you know again it's a coen brother so it's obviously they knew what they were doing and i don't i you know being you know someone a filmmaker myself i don't ever want to say oh this is what they were thinking because it could very well not be you know what they were thinking but they're smart filmmakers and having a line like that at the end probably means they knew what they were were doing there you would hope and yeah and that that's why you know it's it's not at the, the bottom of the totem pole because some of the dialogue is very well written it's very witty yeah, um, yeah. you know cinematography editing is you know of course you know top notch for the yeah. coen brothers i mean there's nothing wrong with it there it's just yeah and that one character is great brad pitt's just... character is fantastic yeah I mean, he's brad pitt being brad pitt and <laughs> you know and else because there are other movies that you know get to the end it's like well that didn't really make sense but at least it was a fun ride this yeah. movie everyone's out to get everyone and well and not and just, yeah, it was know, just just people you know i think for me what the thing was like people kept making really strange decisions really bad decisions yeah it's like you know what it's it's like how i feel about when i read 
because I don't watch horror movies, Mm -hmm. but I sometimes will be curious and I'll read the synopsis because I'm just like, what in the world is that about? So I'll read the synopsis and a lot of times what frustrates me is that like, how is it possible for that many characters to make that many stupid decisions over the course of the movie? And it's like, to me, that's too much of a suspension of disbelief. And I feel like almost almost that way about this movie because it wasn't a horror movie, but almost it was like, how can all of those characters keep making such poor decisions? They're not always, but right. it's like they always make either they're strange or they're bad or they, it's like, or they're, they're all, they all seem to be lacking some like part of common sense or right. whatever. It was just like. Well, here's the thing. Cause a lot of decisions people make are, in this movie are sadly ones that people make you know, in, in real life. Yeah. It's just the, at the end of this movie, I feel like no one but they're really all together. But they're all, well, yeah, that too. You know, and just at the end, you really do ask yourself, what was the, the point of it all? You know, if you had a movie with people making bad decisions, but they're learning from it, they're growing from it. They're all just so selfish. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not that they're out to get each other necessarily, but everyone's just so selfish. Some of them are. Well, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we gave Burn mm-hmm. after reading. You know, there's no point in talking about this one much more. You know, definitely get yeah. Coen Brothers, great filmmakers. I think they knew what they were, were doing here, especially because the end line. You know, what was the point of all that? Maybe we just to make a movie to show that life can be sometimes, you know, be pointless in a way. And again, you know, that does sum up, you know, we are in a fallen world. And, you know, for those without Christ, it's it's true. You know, the world is can seem kind of pointless. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I can... And sometimes see... threads don't wrap up nice and neatly. Right. But... So if it was trying to show just a slice of what life can look at, sure, great movie. But, but not fun not to good, watch. You know, not fun to watch, not a good story <laughs> in the end. You come out no. of it thinking very just, eh. And I do know people who really enjoy this movie. Um, you know, yeah. and, and again... That's absolutely fine for sure. We're not saying, oh, you should like this movie or not. You shouldn't like this movie. Um, you know, people that I, you know, trust their opinions do like this movie. And yeah, But I would never watch it again. But I would never, yeah, I would never watch that again just because, you know, coming out of it, you feel like, you know, I feel like I should have gained something from that, even from a cinematic perspective. You know, what can I learn about filmmaking from it? I just feel like there wasn't that much there in this yeah. case. Um, but... It does have that Coen Brothers feel with the dialogue. Yeah, and I think that's why people, definitely. some people do like the movie because it, you know, Coen Brothers have such a way with words. You know, Brother Where Art Thou and True Grit. Yeah. Uh, there's so many other good movies that they do. And this movie <laughs> definitely had some very witty, very well-written dialogue. And, yeah. Know, if you like the Coen Brothers for that, you might like this movie, you know. Yeah. But that, and that's okay. Yeah. So four stars. <clears throat> Personally, did not enjoy it, but can appreciate that some parts have cinematic merit. So this is one of the movies that I would consider, like, this is going to be your Oscars movies, your Academy Award movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are some great ones. I mean, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, you know, one of our favorite movies, mm. you know, cleaned up the Oscars in 2004. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just making a big generalization when I say, you know, oh, this is an Oscar movie. But there are, you know, a lot of movies that, you know, we personally don't like, but we can understand that it, it totally is a well-written story, well-written movie. Yeah. You know, it deserves the, quote, accolades that it gets. Mm-hmm. It just didn't strike us the right way. Yeah. You haven't seen this movie, but I, I have. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, David Fincher's The Social Network. Right. And really, the sum of its parts is brilliant. The score is amazing. The cinematography is stellar. The editing is top-notch. Uh, the acting, you know, is, is fantastic. It's just the overall experience is like, ugh. Like, I think that's how I feel about Great Gatsby. Yeah, I would say that. Because, that yeah, because it, it it's, it's be- like, visually... It's stunning. You know, the soundtrack is super clever. The acting, I mean, the cast, you know, I, I still, I don't know where I feel about Tobey Maguire, really, in any movie. But, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and, um, can't remember the girl's name now. Yeah, um, But yeah, no, so, but yeah, like the acting and everything and, you know, and the, and of course they, it's based on a book, which I haven't read. Right, But, I, I you know, have. it's just, you know, so every, yeah, all of the, like, all of the elements, it's one of those things where, part the some of the parts don't equal the whole kind of thing you know the parts each on their own were good but overall to me the story like was just ugh. and, I, and, I not, the, like and not not to say not well written it's right, just right. i don't like that story right and I it's think, frustrating and i think here's here's the thing that the, this is what differentiates a number three from a number four movie is number mm-hmm. four again the end the story is really good i mean great gatsby you know the ending you know even though it's like very depressing 
you can learn a lot from that story. You can oh, learn yeah. a lot from the characters do. The characters go on, you know, significant journeys. And, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why Great Gatsby is or should be required, you know, high school reading or reading for anyone. Yeah. Because it does show... It's good writing. You know, it's you, just... It does show a certain, you know, ugh. style of life and kind of what happens in that re- regard. Yeah. Um, again, fantastic story. You just kind of feel at the end like, oh, just, you know, it's it disappointing that, you know, <laughs> that that's the way it ended, but it had to end that way. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I do enjoy the story of Great Gatsby, but I have that same reaction. It's, you know, why did I have to end that way? And, and same with Social Network. You know, it's a story I get to the end of it. I'm like, man, that was a really well-written story. I don't know how much of it's true. It's I think based you, on... you've said that it's like, oh, there's hardly any characters to root for. Right. So, they're, yeah, that's the thing. I feel like most of the characters were out to, you know, in, in the end out to get each other. You mm-hmm. know, maybe they didn't start out that way, but in the end it yeah. seemed like they were just kind of all just... yeah. Maybe not really double crossing each other, but just making decisions that were very selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Garfield's character in the movie. Um, I forgot uh, he was in that. Yeah, he plays one of the co founders of, of Facebook. He is the one that you kind of do end up feeling bad for throughout the course of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of gets the short end of the, yeah. the stick in a way. Yeah. Um, and again, I know it's based off of a true story. I don't know yeah. how, how much of it is, is true or, or not. Um, Aaron Sorkin, um, <laughs> amazing screenwriter. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It, so. You know, I think I read an interview um, with him where he basically saw, said he was looking at the whole story of how Facebook started and was trying to single out an, an aspect of yeah. it to, to tell. And he found, like, this whole legal lawsuit case thing. It's like, yeah. oh, it's a whole story based on that. So yeah. we know that there's so much more to the story on that. And I don't think it's a fair assessment to say, you know, yeah. whether, you know, whether it's true or not. We just, mm-hmm. you know, we just don't know. Yeah. But for, for me, it's just because... The movie is definitely experienced. It's not the one that most people are, are looking for. Um, but in the end, it's a movie that, you know, when it came out on DVD, I did buy it. Haven't watched it since I you know, bought it. But yeah. um, one, because it looks like it has a lot of good special features. Yeah. And we're kind of suckers for special features. <laughs> good ones. Good ones. Um, yes. But because you really can learn a lot through You can learn a lot about cinematography and music and, you know, acting, directing. Probably editing. And, everything. All yeah. the parts are just so well done. It's just, and again, the story is a good story in, in the end. It's just, you kind of have that feeling at the end. It's like, oh, just why did it, you you kind of feel like no one learned anything. They, they did. It's a story There's, that for you is not satisfying. Right. And the characters definitely did yeah. learn stuff, even if it mm-hmm. was more subtle. I definitely don't want to imply that, oh, they get to the end and no one learned anything. Yeah. Characters absolutely learned things in this movie. Yeah. It's just, you get to the end of it and you're like, I'm just, I'm tired of watching people be selfish and double cross each other and yeah you know you, you wish there was more of a resolution but i guess they again they were looking at you know kind of life in a way that you mm-hmm. know doesn't always have clean yeah. you know resolutions yeah. you know between certain people so yeah again really good movie in the end i don't think i'll watch it more than a handful of times in my yeah. life you know definitely like to watch it once maybe mm-hmm. two more times um yeah. just maybe one of those movies you watch maybe once every decade just to you know yeah. Learn some cinematic things from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's... About it. Kind of it. So that's a number four again. So I would... Cons- there's probably a lot of movies that are number fours for us that people would rank a lot higher. Um, and this is where I personally put stories where I can tell that it's good. I just don't like it. Yeah. It's like my sister says when she eats some food that she doesn't like, but she can tell that it's good. It's... <laughs> I can tell it's good. I just don't like it. Yeah. I can tell it's good. Yeah. That's how I feel but, about Great Gatsby. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, again, good stories for sure. Just personally weren't satisfied in the end. Yeah. But, again, not all stories are meant to be that way. Not all no. stories are meant to be personally satisfying. No. Um, you know, but it, and it's okay to not like those stories. Some people sure. some people do. Absolutely. And I, Absolutely. I don't. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> 100% okay to, you know, to not like a story that you can tell is, is mm-hmm. well done. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, there's there's other stories that I've ranked higher mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I, I don't really like. But, you know, I could just yeah. it seems like they deserve a little bit of a higher ranking just because... You know, you can tell that it's more meaningful in, in mm-hmm. a way. So number five is nothing of excellence, but enjoyable enough not to be a waste of time. Uh, do, do you have any you um, want to throw out there or just want me to jump into? Go ahead and jump in. So I, think of something. I have the Michael Bay favorite. <laughs> oh, Transformers. Transformers. And really most other things by Michael Bay. <laughs> and, yes. For anyone listening who has watched most of the franchise, we're talking about the first Transformers. <laughs> I've seen, I think, four and a half of the movies out of the five wow. that are out currently. Um, so <laughs> I think it's it's fun. It's, you know, the characters are mildly interesting. Definitely exhilarating in the moment. <laughs> but nothing, you know, really epic in, in yeah. the end. You know, and I do remember. I remember seeing the first Transformers in, in theaters. And I think I saw it twice in theaters. 
both of them were at the second run theater, so it was much cheaper. But I think, like, oh, goodness, this is fun, you know, yeah. especially, you know, Optimus Prime, you know, with, you know, there's a little bit of nostalgia there because the same voice actor from mm-hmm. the cartoon did did his voice. Yeah. And it's a fun movie. The characters are ridiculous, but they're so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies that, you know, like on a sick day, you're like, you know what, I just want, you know... A piece of junk. Not a bad piece of junk, yeah. but, you know, a piece of candy to eat. I feel like, for me, a lot of romantic comedies would fall into this. Right, right. You know, yeah. into this category. Like, they're not, yeah, most most of them, they're, they don't have, yeah, they're not really anything of excellence, but they're enjoyable enough that, yeah, it's like you, sometimes you get in that mood, you're like, I just want to watch something, like, and honestly, fluff, you know, it's the movies that it's, it's, or hardest, feel good. it's hardest to learn stuff about storytelling in movies at number five, because the movies yeah. that are higher, it's like, oh, yeah, things of excellence, I can write, you know, I can learn from that. Things below number five, it's like, oh, things of not excellence. Yeah, I things can learn not, how not to, to do. do. Yeah. Number five is right in the middle of average. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I guess I can learn how to write an average story or not write an yeah. average story. Yeah. Um, and again, Transformers has some epic parts in it. Cinematography is, you know, yeah. again, it's not, you know, artsy fartsy or anything like that. Yeah. But it's definitely, you know, good cinematography, visual yeah. effects are top notch, things yeah. like that. You can learn stuff from Transformers. Yeah. But in the end, you're watching it just to have some fun. <laughs> to watch robots right. fight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, think of other movies, you know, like Transformers and Michael Bay did, you know, Pearl Harbor, mm. which we won't even talk about that right now because that's kind of two different, two, that's two okay. movies in and of itself. Yeah. 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 Different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, or something like The Island, which. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe if we did like hundreds, is it hundreds? I'd give it a four and a half out of five. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. Anyway, enough about number five. It's yeah. A- number five is average, so we won't waste any yeah. more time talking about it. It's like the, the poor middle child. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so six stars is not phenomenal or world-changing, but worth a viewing, enjoyable, and at the very least, mildly creative and or insightful. So It's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. Go in there. So, basically, for this one, I put G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, which oh, okay, a lot of yeah, people yeah. don't like. But I do like it, and I think it's a step above Transformers, because where I feel like Transformers is trying to be, you know, all serious, I feel like G.I. Joe knew exactly what it was trying to be. And it was, you know, a movie based on eight-year-old kids' toys. Uh, what was it we said? It's like, it. we knew, when you finished watching it, it's like, that was almost better than it should have been. It really was. It yeah. really was. And again, audiences are totally split on this. When I first saw the movie, saw the movie I was with a group of seven other guys. And um, I remember distinctly, four of us loved it, and four of us were like, "What did we just waste our time doing?" <laughs> Which group were you in? I was in the the group that loved it. Yeah. And because it really, if you do look at the story, it's something that you know. And again, I hope I'm not insulting any of the writers or anything like that, but it's almost like an eight year old wrote it, and I say that in the most loving way possible because yeah. they they looked at what an eight year old would do playing with action figures. You know, it's like. Let's you know, there's let's put this underwater base. Let's blow up the ice pack and sink it, or let's hack into this guy's brain and steal his memories as he's dying and yeah. all this. It's just yeah. stuff. When I was eight years old, you know, I thought of scenarios that were completely ridiculous like that. Yeah, it doesn't take itself seriously in the best way possible. Yeah, but at the same time, there's still characters that are interesting. Still characters that have good desire lines yeah, that uh, you root for. Right. There's yeah. still you know a villain that has a personal connection to to the hero. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, you know, definitely stakes there, you know, you know, death defying world ending stakes for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somewhat, you know, ridiculous plot, you know, nanomite technology yeah. and we want to yeah. get into what that is. Again, it is like the stuff that kids come up with. Kids right. come up with these insanely, like, you know, illo- you know, often illogical and impossible, but creative and imaginative things. And it's like, you know, okay. Right. <laughs> and this is why I honestly put G.I. Joe above Transformers, even though there's some Effects Sasha and G.I. Joe, they're like, how did that get approved? You know, Transformers, <laughs> flawless effects, pretty much. Yeah. G.I. Joe, you know, probably smaller budget. You know, there were some that just weren't, you know, up to the Hollywood par of yeah. 2009 or whatever it came yeah. out. Um, but in the end, it's just more creative. You know, mm-hmm. in the end, you can see that, you know, thought went into how do we make this, like, I'm guessing anyway, um, as close to a, a child adventure as we can without making it childish. And that's, for me, what put it slightly above average. Yeah. Not a work of art. Not a masterpiece by any means. No. But still, you know, you can, you know, it was better better than your you know, your typical Transformers film, yeah. in our humble opinion. Again, as, you know, the movie-going experience, you know, in 2009 showed, audiences are pretty much split on this one because, 
you know, some people can't just get past the ridiculousness of it. And that's, you know, again, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like I'm saying a lot. That's okay. That's okay. And yeah. it really is. This is all subjective stuff for sure. Right. We're giving you a way to objectify the subjectivity, I guess. <laughs> Your own subjectivity. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. So on to number seven. Not quite excellent, but still better than an average movie and worthy of an occasional reviewing. I said the good old favorite, Nicolas Cage, National Treasure. (laughs) Oh, yeah, National Treasure. And for National Treasure, you know, there's truly nothing groundbreaking. It's a good movie. But, you know, structurally, and we'll do an episode on National Treasure hopefully soon. Structurally, the story absolutely works. The characters, although so some ridiculous, they're, I mean, so they, they are believable. Fun. I mean, definitely, you know, a little bit, you know, I mean, extreme. who doesn't love Riley? Exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, in, in the narrative is just a blast. You know, it's a ridiculous yeah. what-if scenario. You know, yeah. what if there was a treasure map written in the back plausible, of the National, but... uh, Declaration of Independence, but still, it's, and that that's what makes it, you know, better than an average movie, because it takes an extremely, in my humble opinion, compelling, you know, what if scenario being yeah. a huge history buff. It's yeah. you know, you gravi- you gravitate to that, you know, yeah. what would happen if there was a treasure map? Yeah. What you know what lengths do people do to steal yeah. it or defend it? And then you just have, you know, Nicholas Cage at his finest, um uh, what's his name? Justin I can't remember. Who plays Riley Yeah, I don't cool. remember. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just you know, again, these, these are all you know somewhat caricatures in a way just because yeah. they're you know you, you'd be hard pressed to find someone exactly like riley but i know people like riley yeah you know they just take yeah. it to the extreme yeah um you know and i know people that are as obsessive as nicholas cage's character it's just yeah. about different things yeah um it's just such a compelling desire mm-hmm. they want to you know save save the declaration of independence yeah and, you know the whole thing the only way to save it is to steal it and right. that just makes such a fun plot in and yeah. of itself because they're trying yeah. to do the right thing by doing the <laughs> and wrong Riley, thing. what? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah. uh? Delicious jams and jellies. That's not in the movie. <laughs> and then you, you know, you do have you know the personal struggles within it. You know, um, Nicholas Cage's character uh, with his father in it. Um, you know, well, they, and his family's reputation too. Right, right. So they they do a lot to make these characters layered. Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> layers aren't very deep. But they're still layered there, mm-hmm. and that you just you, just enough. You yeah, you you love the characters, and you want to see what they're doing, and that's why you know it so quickly spawned a sequel, and why we're still hoping for a third one. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way logically there's a third national treasure out there, but we want there to be, and we want them to find it honestly. Yeah. Um. So again, seven stars is something that you know. Again, is it you know an excellent movie? Maybe not quite an excellent movie, but I've seen this movie more times than I can count and enjoy it every single time. Yeah. Just because it's a story that, you know, in the end, again, isn't groundbreaking by any means, but it's well done. Yeah. The characters are there. The villain's there. The plot's there. The conflicts are there. Yeah. The interpersonal relationships are there. Yeah. An amazing what-if scenario. And yeah. it's just fun. So number eight is... I feel like you used the word excellent a few times here. I so said the last time was not quite excellent. This time, it is excellent. Well, excellence is the standard, so... Right. Makes sense. So, excellent and worthy to be viewed multiple times for both enjoyment and to study its cinematic and storytelling qualities. Hmm. So, for this one, we gave it... Um, or, we gave eight stars to J.J. Uh, Abrams' uh, Super 8. Oh, yeah. Which, ironically enough, at this point, is the only original movie he's directed. Of course, he rebooted... Uh, Star Trek. He's directed Star Wars movies, um, did Mission Impossible yeah. 3. Um, has he done anything else? I'm sure. Since he hasn't done, he's more more known for his TV shows. Yeah. I feel like this is like a number four, like a four star, but one that you actually like. Right, right. Yeah. E- exactly. So huh. <laughs> Social Network and Super 8 are both on the same level. You know, of excellent. Of yeah, excellence. It's... Except... Social network is just kind of awful. You just don't like it. <laughs> you just don't like it. Yeah. And Super Eight is. You do. You yeah. really do. And, yeah. Um. I'm. We're. Maybe we should have chose a different movie. Um. Because you know I don't really want to talk too much about why it's not you know a ten because that that gives away some major spoilers at the end. Oh. Um, yeah. In my mind, the narrative, it definitely wraps up for sure, but it's not quite as satisfying as, as it could be in the end. I feel like there's some yeah. narrative threads that are just barely left dangling, and I think J.J. Abrams did that on purpose. Yeah. Um, but in my mind, that's just kind of, it didn't quite give it that full closure that you desired. Yeah. Um, there definitely, again, don't get me wrong, there definitely is, you know, levels of closure, closure yeah. there. And it leaves things open for interpretation, which a lot yeah. of good stories do for mm-hmm. sure. You know, 
it's you know rare to find movies like and then they lived happily ever after uh, but i feel like yeah. i wanted to just push it just a little bit more to just a tiny bit more closure yeah it's almost like it was a little too quick. Rushed. Yeah. Rushed. Yeah, yeah, rushed. Exactly. Yeah, a little too rushed. So, and again, I hate that we, because we could go into details, but we just, I just, no. I don't Spoiler. want to. Spoilers. Spoilers. It just, you need to watch this movie, you know, if you feel so inclined to. You don't have to watch it, but it's one that um, we recommend just because, again, it is excellent in all, in all facets. The acting, um, the kids. The child acting. They're you know, great. I feel like this is almost could be the prequel to Stranger Things, honestly. Yeah, a little bit. You got this a little bit. group of kids. That group are, of kids are hilarious. That are probably right around the age of Stranger Things kids are. Maybe a yeah. year or two younger in a way. Yeah. Um, they might they, be a little younger. They just, they're each dealing with their own, you know, personal, you know, problems with family and things like that. They you each know. have their own personalities and they're just... Right. And the, the, whole, the dialogue is funny and just... But the whole plot is great, too. It's yeah. just, you know, these kids trying their desires to make a movie and just kind of, yeah. you know, have some fun with that. And yeah. they get sucked into this whole mystery of kind of an alien. And, yeah. And not really an alien invasion, but an alien mystery. Because yeah. Because it's not an invasion. No, anyways, no, no, no. This, it's a mystery. Yeah, this inter- inter- yeah. You know, extraterrestrial mystery mm-hmm. in a way and how they yeah. get involved in that. But the, the brilliance of it, though, is just how how layered and connected the personal drama is with the overall plot of the the mystery the, the mystery which is kind of its own subplot yeah. in a way i would almost yeah. say that's secondary to yeah. the kids own struggles mm-hmm. um and then the movie they're trying to make yeah you know i i connected to this movie because you know i <laughs> yeah i did not grow up with extraterrestrial mysteries or anything like yeah. that but but i did grow up making movies from a very very young age with you know an, an eight millimeter uh camera with and friends. With friends. And it's funny because I feel like the group of friends that I used to, to make movies with when I was when I was small, I can see huge elements of each of them in the kids that are in this it's movie. It's like you like for each of the kids in Super like, 8, you're I like, I know a person. kid, I knew that kid, and I knew that and we kid. We all made movies together <laughs> in our neighborhood. Yeah. And that just it, it brought it yeah. you know, home to me a little yeah. bit. You know, it's almost like tiny snapshot of my life, but not quite just yeah. with the you know, the people that I, I knew. <laughs> So again, I'm slightly biased to the story, but in the end, it's one that is. But just so I didn't much fun grow up that way, and I right. felt, feel the same way about the movie. So, mm-hmm. so number nine is almost a masterpiece, a well-rounded and phenomenally crafted film that deserves repeated viewings and study. Mm-hmm. So we gave this one uh, the extended cut. Very, oh, very important right. point. Yeah, extended yeah. cut of Kingdom of Heaven by Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Again, Which is the only one I've seen. I haven't seen the it's, theatrical. Don't. It's just... Well, and you've said as much. Yeah. The extended edition is the way to go. Based on things I've read, articles I've read, and again, you know, you, the Hollywood film industry, film industry to hold, there's so much going on that, you know, you never want to say, oh, this is what this person said, and this is the way, exactly what happened. Yeah. There's so many more layers to it than that. But from what I've read, take it for what you will, um, apparently the studio wanted... Um, like a two-hour version of the movie, and really Scott's like, no, this is like a three-hour epic, and like, no, we need a two-hour version. The two-hour version, which was released in theaters, and the version I originally saw, it just does not have the emotional and cohesive <laughs> drive yeah. that the extended three-hour There's missing does. chunks. Missing, it is. It feels yeah. like an unfinished film. Yeah. Um, not like unfinished yeah. as far as the ending, but it's the, the the story weaves throughout it, the characters' desires, and how all the pieces fit together. Yeah. So again, I'm only giving this a nine stars based on the extended cut. Yeah. But it just, which so, is apparently what Ridley Scott wanted to release, right? Yeah, right. Um, but there's, I mean, the themes that they they work through, um, you know, are, are strong in the movie. There's, you know, there's characters that are well written. That have, I feel bad. I remember hardly. I don't remember a whole lot. It's just there's the characters have so good, you know, mm-hmm. desire lines, strong desires. I'm not saying all the desires are good. But yeah. Each of the characters knows what they want and you know the story weaves them all together and we're talking about a ton of characters yeah. not like lord of the rings a ton but yeah. you know enough characters that are you know in the world of you know um, the crusades you know mm-hmm. which is you know a dark period of history yeah you know and trying to defend jerusalem um and you know all the different you know uh desires that come with that and how you know one person wants to be king and this person's a rightful you know king and you know this king's dying of leprosy and he wants this other guy to take over um there's just so much, you know, good drama there that isn't, you know, it's it's not your, you know, your soap opera drama. It's mm-hmm. drama that's written for the sake of building towards, you know, what's what's going to happen. You know, is Jerusalem going to fall or is it going to yeah. going to stand? Yeah. Um. And again, it's not just you know for the sake of Jerusalem, but for all the, the people in it and all the characters. Mm-hmm. And just 
I, I feel like I could gush about this one for, for a long time because mm-hmm. um, there's so many good lines there that uh, drive the thematic elements of the movie, which is what you know, movies should do. The, the, the dialogue should do a lot of different things. Um, you know, dialogue should show character. It should build conflict. <laughs> it should not exposite. Did I just make the word up? <laughs> just give exposition for exposition's <laughs> sake. It should show uh, theme. Um, dialogue does a lot of things in this movie. I feel like every line was very carefully chosen. It's not going to be like an Aaron Sorkin film where the dialogue is just so incredibly witty or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the lines were chosen for a reason for, you know, a movie that isn't humorous at all. It's, you know, it's, it's a dark story. It's, you know... It's serious. It's a, Very yeah. serious. Um, but overall, it's just, well, well done with one gripe. And this is just too unfortunate. This movie suffers from a major case of battle fatigue. Uh... Again, some great battle shots. You know, I'll never forget the time I saw... Um, and does it really... Haven't... You said that about another Ridley Scott movie, like Maybe. some other Ridley Scott stuff. Potentially. I need to think about that yeah. one more. Um, but, you know, I'll never forget the the time when I first saw the movie where the siege of Jerusalem starts and all it's at night and all these trebuchets I do remember start, that shot. you know, firing these, you know, um, yeah. you know, trebuchet loads on fire. And, you know, that was a, you know, just an incredible yeah. shot in a way. But from, after, from there, it just goes downhill. By battle fatigue, I mean this. Um, in the Lord of the Rings uh, extended edition special features, uh, Peter Jackson talks about battle fatigue, and basically what battle fatigue is is we just we don't just want to see for the audience for the audience a bunch of characters you know faceless characters in a way you know unnamed soldiers you know not not downplaying their importance but just hacking and slashing at, e- at each other yeah you know there's no emotional connection there mm-hmm. um, Peter Jackson I think when talking about editing the two towers said he was always careful to every time specifically cuts, helms deep right helms deep um whenever he cut away to you know some orcs and elves hacking and slashing he was always careful to just do two or three shots of that and then go back to one of our heroes it's like Aragorn, you're Legolas, constantly going back to one of your main characters following the, their journey through the battle and that's why we have main characters in stories because we see their you have to have something to connect to you have to have something to connect to emotionally connect to mm-hmm. um and that's why i think lord of the rings their battles are so much fun to watch not only is it just um you know again creative camera moves and you know you know good stakes and everything like that but you always go back to the people you care about the most yeah and that is the key to any battle scene it, yeah it's a must absolute must yeah. um you know even a movie like like saving private ryan in a way you know even though we i don't believe that we um we follow i know we follow tom hanks's character throughout you know dd but it shows a lot of other things um but we're still we have some emotional connections because we see the characters dealing you know even the unnamed characters dealing with what what happens mm-hmm. you know with you know their arm getting shot off or things like that yeah and it's just gut-wrenching and heart-wrenching Whereas here, we, we just don't. We just see hack slash, hack slash, hack slash. Yeah, yeah. And it just goes on. Yeah. And well, plus the actual event of D-Day in a, as an event is much more something we can personally connect to because it's right. so, you know, it's just one of those things where sometimes the event itself can be what emotionally connects you to. Right. Even though so. there's not many, you know, sadly there aren't many veterans left alive from D-Day now. Yeah. A lot of us have, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find, you know many Americans who don't, didn't have family members who served mm-hmm. in World War II or knew people who served in World War yeah. II. So there is that more of a connection there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't know if we have any family who fought in the Crusades a thousand years ago yeah. or whenever it was in the you know early thousand yeah. century. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, again, I feel like Kingdom of Heaven could have been a masterpiece. Phenomenal soundtrack, you know, deep characters to follow. You know, again, characters don't always mm-hmm. make the right decisions. Some of them are, nope. make very selfish decisions and bad decisions. Um, but has some great thematic elements that at the end you feel like even though you know this was a journey and a ride and things didn't end up quite the way we wanted them to sometimes, at least we saw something worth seeing. But that battle fatigue, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, just yeah. And again, it's not throughout the whole movie. You can see Jerusalem and just one part of it. Yeah. Um, but I just remember thinking, I just I kind of want this to end. Yeah. <laughs> not because it was hard to watch for the sake of warfare, just because it was hard to watch from just. Yeah. Almost yawn worthy yeah. in a way. Just yeah. The lack of connection there. So, ready for number 10? 10 stars out of 10. 10 stars. So, fantastic. <clears throat> and entered into the exclusive all time favorite list, a masterpiece by all counts. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to give it to Lord of the Rings, but we give everything to Lord of the Rings. So, we're not going to give it to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Sorry. Um, not, to, not for this. 
Lord of the Rings example. is a ten star achievement, but you know we're not going to talk about yeah. Lord of the Rings here. Um, sometimes other examples need to be considered too. Yes. And we're going to give this to the wonderful 2010, 10, I believe. 2010. Yeah. Best Picture winner, The King's Speech. Mm. A masterpiece, you know, by by all counts for, for sure. So basically I think, you know, imagine the brilliant execution of a movie like The Social Network and replace horrid characters, <laughs> read that as characters doing horrible things, mm-hmm. uh, with people who we actually want to succeed. Mm-hmm. And again... So, such a great f- film. Um, each character is, is layered. Um, there's, you know, again, people do act selfishly, um, just like Social Network. But in the end, it's 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 an uplifting story. And not that a movie or story has to be uplift, uplifting yeah. um, to get a 10 by any means. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven, which, you know, again, should have gotten a 10, you know, if not for the battle fatigue, is not an uplifting story. It's yeah. really, really not. It actually, yeah. you know, if anyone knows the Crusades, it ends kind of tragically. There's yeah. still some hope at the end. Yeah. But things do not end up the way the characters want. Yeah. So I'm in no way saying that... It has to be a happy ending. It has ending. to be a happy ending. But you feel like the character, the main character of King George the... Do you remember which king he was? Six. Sounds about right. Um, basically, Queen Elizabeth II's father. Yeah. And, you know, basically, the, the plot of the movie is that... Um, he is the the younger of two brothers. The older brother, um, we won't get into all the details, but he is king for not even a year and abdicates the throne. Mm-hmm. And, you know, King George has to step into this role that he never thought he would have to take. Because he was the younger brother. As World War II is breaking out. Um, right, yeah, right he before. suffers from um, basically... A, a really bad speech impediment, a speech stutter. A stutter. And, yeah. you, know, you know, he has to become... You know, the, the, the voice the of voice, a country. The voice of a country that is, you know, under the threat of annihilation. Yeah. You know, and how he goes through, you know, overcoming, overcoming that and really, you know, yeah. taking hold of, you know, a lot of the, you know, the truth that you know, he, he can overcome it, um, yeah. that, you know, he needs to be the voice for his country, um, yeah. you know, over, overcoming that, you know, physical problem, you know, and that, you know, and mentally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the story of someone overcoming something so major in, in their life. Um, and all the struggles that go into it, mm-hmm. you know, and getting to a point where you know, he does, you know, you know, overcome in a mm-hmm. way. Um, and it's, that's just... But then uh, Jeffrey Rush's character is just as much well, and that's, I think, fun to connect to. A masterpiece because, you know, there's a lot of movies that the main character is great. But and then, then the everyone else is kind of like... Eh. Or I've seen movies where it's the opposite. But you know, all the, the characters the main, you know, are... The side characters are great. And the main character is like, oh, ho-hum. Yeah. So, all the characters in this movie are great. So well written. And so well cast, too. I mean, you yeah. got Guy Pearce and Jeffrey Rush and Colin Firth. And, and Helena Bonham Carter. And... Yeah. And just, you know, on and on and yeah. on and on. Of, yeah. You know, well cast story. But, you know, cinematography is... is it, it, I do want to do an episode on, on King's Speech as well because cinematography is so specifically chosen because it's a prime example of a movie that perfectly breaks the rules because it knows how and why. Yeah. Um, there's one it scene fits. in particular where um, the king is meeting with his speech therapist for the very first time. It's supposed to be a very awkward scene. Um, your traditional cinematography, you know, shows that you know the the frame should be you know framed correctly. You know, rule of thirds, the character should be on the third. You know, on on one of the, the framing is the, supposed the to be one a certain third or two way. Third part of the screen, there shouldn't be a lot of room above the the character's head. It's yeah. called headroom. This one basically takes the two characters, puts them at the bottom of the frame with all this headroom, with this like big open space behind them, and it just looks awkward. But it's supposed to be. And it yeah, kind of, it heightens what the scene is about. Right. Yeah. So creative cinematography that's not creative for its own sake, but creative for the sake of the story. Yeah. Uh, wonderful score, wonderful, wonderful editing, um, just wonderful direction overall. Yeah. I just when we do the and episode, funny. Yeah, 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 witty. I would say. Wait, yes, that's a better term. And witty. Again, not that a movie needs to be witty to be a, a, no. a number ten. But um, when we do the episode on this, I really do want to try to nitpick and find some things that didn't work about it, yeah. just for the sake of doing it. But I also don't even want to do that, just because I can't think of anything at the moment. It's just, but you get to the end of this movie. And opposite of Social Network, where you're like, that was good, but ugh, this one's like, that was good, and yes. Yeah. Well, it was more than good, it was great. Yeah. 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 So that's our list. That's yeah. our, you know... Rating. Um, rating list. System. One and... One, uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Um, you know, feel free to use this as a starting point if you want for your own rating system, or not. You know, you could do, you know, out of 22 bananas, that could be interesting. <laughs> um, or something. I mean, you know, we can... 
being funny, but also trying to be serious too. Not that that was even yeah. remotely funny. But I think the whole but point of it is is equating using, using this to make your own system. Well, yeah, because it, it's one thing to say like you know it's a three out of four stars, but it's like what does that actually mean? Right. So it's equating the the numerical value of whatever it is you're using to an actual like statement about the movie to something somewhat you know mentally tangible yeah yeah to something more tangible right so and then using yeah. that is again uh you know a springboard to figure mm-hmm. out your own thoughts on why yeah. why the movie worked why it didn't work yeah know? i for loving movies and stories as much as i do i don't like having a lot of conversations about you know <laughs> movies with you know certain people just because it's always like i love this or you know or, i love this movie i did you know i hated this movie and we ask why it's like, because I did or because I didn't. And for me, that's not a productive conversation. It's the people that are more interested in just their opinion rather than actually having, like, a discussion. And not that having your opinion is bad. No. But, you know, with all things in life, I feel like, you know, if you have an opinion, think through it. Try to figure out why you think the things that you do. Even for something as simple as a movie or as a story. If you can And start... don't treat your opinion as, like, the golden rule. Right. You know, again, like we said, for, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of movies here that people have completely opposite, you know, yeah. thoughts on. And that's yeah. fine. Movies are supposed to be somewhat subjective. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's it's a way for you to start using the small things in life, like movies that don't really matter, to start using your brain and thinking and just, you know, processing um, so you can do that with more important things Mm -hmm. in life, life ultimately, you know, start small and work your way to to the big things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're listening to this as as a storyteller, this this is a big thing for for you, probably. You're looking at movies and books and TV and plays and even poetry, things like that, and saying dances. You know, and saying, what what about this worked and didn't and why? So that when I'm telling my own story, you know, I can tell the, Learn best, from it, the yeah. best story possible that's epic with excellence. So that's all Chris and I have for you today. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Seeking Stories podcast. And we hope you, that you all join us next time. Hope you have a great day.